Hello, this is Jeremy and Rob and Bill. We're at the Flying Aubergine Cafe, having been out showing the good news of Jesus Christ. And Rob showed us the way, as he often does. And we had a meaningful discussion with two chaps who had mental problems, didn't they? They admitted to it. And we, Rob ministered to one of them and a good time we had a good time talking about God and we just now just relaxing a bit having a drink and um, sharing with you the listener what God's been saying to us and and our ex- experiences since the last time we we shared these things so um, who would like to start the conversation going <laughs> Bill? No, no, no pressure, guys. <laughs> wow. Let me let me start the process then, because we've been talking about this for yonks, and we've agreed that this whole—I don't want to call it exercise—but um, this whole relationship idea that God wants with us is because he wants us to learn to trust him yeah and we've been talking about over the months and weeks about the challenges that we're having Mm. because Jesus said quite clearly that you know this walk with him isn't going to be um, all the right word smooth there are going to be challenges along the way trials and tribulations as as the Bible puts it and I'm certainly of the opinion that these trials and tribulations are not sent to us by God to teach us something uh, because his thoughts towards us as far as I'm concerned because I want to believe what God's word says his thoughts towards us are of peace not of evil to give us a hope and a future and um, he's taught us to believe that hasn't he we know that he's a good God all the time we talked didn't we Rob Bill about the comparison of God in the Old Testament to God in the New and basically what I think a lot of people misunderstand is that they just assume that because what they read in the Old Testament is still true today. And the reality is that they're forgetting that Jesus went to the cross and the wrath of God was put upon him rather than on us. Yeah, and to be fair to people who have that view, it's still the same God. Yes. Because that, that's what people say. That's what I used to say. Well, it's still the same God, isn't it? And you can't go, no, nah, it's a different God. And you can't go, no, he didn't do it. God did that. I mean, actually, having said that, the start, that God wasn't the starting point on the things that happened to the people in the Old Testament. The people were the starting point. God just gave them what they asked for. That's important, isn't it? Yeah. Because we forget that. And people forget that. Because they see, oh, God, it says God did this. I'm like, God did that because you said that. That's how they didn't enter the promised land. Because they said, we're not going to enter the promised land. He said, well... 
please don't say that. But now you've said that, and I honour your free will, I've got to make sure you don't go into the promised land. In fact, it's him showing honour. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And yet we don't see it like that, do we? We see God, you know, people see God smiting people. We're like, well, actually, no, it's God giving people what they, what they asked for. Isn't that, isn't that love? <laughs> well, I would have a different slant on it. Mm. And, it, and it's, it's this, that he always wants people to get to the promised land. He, w- he wants people to change their minds mm. and learn to trust him. And we make the decision as to whether to trust him yeah. or not trust him. Yeah. And if we don't want to believe what God's word says, then it won't happen for us. If we want to believe what God says, then it will happen for us. And we were talking with the guys, the two chaps in the park about um, prayer and John fourteen fourteen, which says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And that's his promise. But we've got to believe that he's going to do it. If we're double-minded, as James, the book of James says, then we, can't, we shouldn't expect anything because we're just assuming that, you know, we're not convinced that God's going to deliver, is, is going to answer our prayers. And he wants to teach us and is teaching us to trust him that when we ask him for something, that um, he will respond in a positive way. Unless we're asking him to kill us, then I suspect that that wouldn't be according to God's will, so he wouldn't do that. (laughs) But at the same time, forgive me for bringing this in, but your, your sister, yeah? She came to that place where she'd had enough. And um, and I, I believe in that instance, personally, that, and this is really fitting in with Rob's saying, that when we give in, yeah, then we will succumb to the enemy. Um, because he's given us faith. And really, we need to use it. And it's up to us whether we use it or not. He's given us free will. So this, this, is, this Christian walk is about learning to really trust him. And, and we're, we're all in that process. And it's not easy because we've been brought up in a world that in the main doesn't even believe there is a God. It doesn't exist, let alone subject ourselves to teachings about God about his character and about his promises um, that all that stuff's got to be undone isn't it yeah we said the other day didn't we was it Saturday or was it yesterday we were saying that well I talk from my own experience you know I, I, I believe I do believe <laughs> I, I, I do believe every, every Christian believes belief isn't the issue my, my issue is doubt now the enemy will tell me that belief is the issue. <laughs> belief isn't the issue. I believe, I'm a believer, therefore I believe. Um, and because God's in me, I believe. 
that's how I believe. Not because of me, but because God in me helps me believe in God, which sounds odd, I know. But So then, therefore, that leaves the doubt that we have to renew our mind to. And for me, that process is challenging, it's painful, yes. it's amazing, it's strange, it's... It's all of, for me. It's all. Of well, who was that person who said, "I believe, help my unbelief"? It's the dad of the son. Yeah. Well, they are. That that's confirms exactly what you said. He, he knew that he believed. Yeah. And he knew he had doubt. Yeah, and the belief. Interestingly, this has taught me quite a bit. But the belief. So Andrew Womack says, I've never thought of it before, but he says, because we often ask, what does belief look like? Well, but, well him bringing his son to Jesus for prayer, that was, that was him de- obviously it was, wasn't it? That was him demonstrating he believed in Jesus, that Jesus could do it. So, so we've just got to come to God. That, that is all you need to do in belief. If belief is an action as in, what does it look like? It's just coming to him. Whereas we, you know, we want to make it into something. I want to make it into something bigger than that. Well I can't because and it's not my faith anyway. It's the faith of the son of God. We live by Jesus' faith in us. It's his faith. And it's confidence in what he did, isn't it? Yeah. That's what we stand yeah, on. It's, it's the faith that he used. It's not my faith. That's, compl- that's, that's dark road. It's not my faith. It's the faith that Jesus demonstrated and used. That's what I have confidence in, that his faith is enough. Do I live that every day? Definitely not. But I've left the station. So therefore, what's left? It's to, it's to deal with these doubts and it's to take captive these thoughts that for some of us, just pound us, boom, 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 bombardment every day. And it's to, it's to somehow learn to get Jesus in on that. And, I, and I'm, I'm open to suggestions as to how to do that. Because I don't really know. I'm learning as I go. Well, it's, it's, it's a learning process. And that's why, I'm sorry to keep repeating the same old thing, but that's why Paul said that he learnt to be at peace in all circumstances. And what he was saying was, he's learnt trust God um, that's what we're learning we're learning mm. to trust God and some of us have taken an awful long time to learn to trust God some of us are a lot younger and are in a better place so you both need to be greatly encouraged by where you're at compared to where I was at when I was your age um, so, but that, that, that doesn't really matter. What really matters is that we end up where we're supposed to be. It's like we were talking about um, the Israelites, weren't we? You know, they, they um, saw all those miracles, wonderful, amazing miracles, and yet still they chose to worship other gods. Still they chose to, to doubt and because of that, they went without. They didn't enter the promised land. Yeah. And I, 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 I love that phrase that Andrew says, you know, if you doubt, then go without. If you believe, then you'll receive. <coughs> that sounds really tough for especially Christians who think that they've got it all together. But, you know, actually, when you think you've got it all together, that's actually when you haven't. <laughs> you've always got to be reliant upon God, haven't you? If you start to rely upon yourself, you've lost it. 
and I don't know what that looks like for other people, that reliance on God. But for me personally, it's a challenge. It's a daily walk. You know, it, I'd love to say it was a bed of roses. <laughs> but it isn't. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to get myself out of the way. I've relied so much on myself for eons, it feels like. <laughs> Millennia, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But just to suddenly go, oh, do you know what? I just cast all of that aside. All those all the strongholds that you've built up in your mind, ways of thinking and responding to circumstances. And I, and I don't want to I don't want to respond like that anymore. I'm done with responding like that. It doesn't help me. I don't have peace that the way I've responded. You've tried that. I've tried work. it. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? And we said it before, haven't we? You, we literally, oh, well, I can't speak for you, but you know, I've come to the end of myself. And I've heard it said before from other people and just, ah, oh, well, fair enough. You get on with it. But like when you're there, you're like actually it's the most odd and obscure place for, to be at, for me anyway, where I've relied so much on myself for so many years to solve problems, to get income, to to suddenly go in. Actually, do you know? I mean, I, I'm I'm grateful. I'm extremely grateful, and I often say to God, I never want to go back to there. Ironically, the Egypt, if you want to call it that, I, I've been freed from that. I don't want to go back to that. But there's habits that have been formed in us. They're instinctive now. And so the only way we can overcome them is with God and with faith. There is no other way. I can't do it by might and go, right, I'm not going to think about that. You can't do it. Quit. Quit that even. And remember the Israelites. They actually wanted to go back to Egypt. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never, I've, I've never thought that. And that's pretty dumb, isn't it? Hey, that, that, that is Well, I do dumb. get it. Eh? I do get it. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Because what you've always relied on, Jeremy, isn't yeah. it? is that, you know, like I was saying yesterday, I got that email in, horrible email. My instinct is to sort it out and to put things in place to solve what was in that email. But actually, the righteous shall live by faith. Well, we're righteous. So we live by faith now, he says, convincing himself. So therefore, in that scenario, what does faith look like? Well, it's, it's relinquishing it to God and going, please help me, you, can you sort this out for me, you know, because I don't really know what to do. And I'm glad you brought that up, about righteous shall live by faith, because um, I think one of the first things we have to get right is understanding why we have right standing with Father. When you've finally come to realize that the only reason I'm in right standing with God is because of what Jesus did. And whatever I try to do, good or bad, has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Then you will have confidence in your relationship with Father. Then you'll begin to have confidence in asking him things and believing that he will answer. You won't get mixed up with, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm just a hypocrite. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not doing the stuff that I should be doing. Therefore, why would God want to, to bless me? The reality is that whether you like it or not, he's promised that he'll bless you. And, um, and, and once you've, you've understood that, you know, no sin is involved in our relationship. We can't have sin involved in your relationship with God 
he wouldn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. And that's because he dealt with sin on that cross. And therefore, how is that possible when we know that in what we say sometimes, in what we think sometimes, that clearly is sin and we don't respond in faith often, yeah? And that clearly is a sin. How then does that fit in to what I've just been saying? It fits in like a glove because none of that affects our relationship with Father simply because of our spirit. Because God is spirit, we are spirit, and our spirit is perfect. And he relates to us spirit to spirit. And therefore, our relationship is always intact. Whatever we do, it will not change. And that is something that most Christians cannot get their head around. And I couldn't. You, once, you've, once you've understood that, then, Andrew was touching on this when I was listening to a teaching a couple of days ago, then you begin to look at what happened at Calvary and on the road to Calvary and you realise that I'm righteous because my sins have been taken care of and I'm healed because by his stripes I'm healed. So you have to, I think, start with understanding that you're in right standing with him all the time. Ralph was touched on this yesterday in, in, inadvertently um, in that he said I'm convinced that sickness has got something to do with sin and I believe that sickness establishes itself in someone with a sin conscious that if you're righteous conscious then sin, then sin loses its grip and he, sickness loses its grip yeah, do, you, do you agree with that? Yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that is so fundamentally important. Yeah. And it's something that has only been revealed to me recently. And I'm 68 years of age. But the wonderful thing is that it's never too late with God. <laughs> and what's important is that you get there. You, we're on that journey. You said it yourself, Rob. We're on that journey. And that's the important thing yeah. we've started off on that journey yeah. of learning to trust him and the good news is we're going to end that journey in totally trusting him because yeah. he's promised us that yeah. True. so we can be confident and, and, and it will happen because we've, we've decided I mean, it's just a shame that having made that initial response for most people of believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour they then stood still and not moved an inch ever since, simply through wrong believing and wrong teaching, to be fair. And we're being subjected to right teaching. I'm convinced of that. It's not an arrogant thing, but we're being subjected because it's truth. Yeah. <laughs> so we know it's right. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. And, and that, you know, it's going back to John 8:32. Once you understand truth, it sets you free.
deep thought at the moment, listener. Don't think we've gone away. <laughs> we're still here. And we're, I think, you know, it, it's so important to understand that. It's so important to think righteously, to have a righteous conscience. And it just sets you free. Even though you're going to do things that you ought not to have done and not do things that you ought to have done, it's important to not allow the enemy to lie to you and saying you slipped back. It's like being backslidden, you know, that I hate that word, backslidden. I don't think it's in the Bible. You, because once you're born again, yeah, you're born that's, again. That's deceptive, isn't it? If you yeah. Saved or not. Yep. It's just, it's just learning to, to trust him. And as I was saying at the very beginning of, of this afternoon, that, you know, it's, he wants us to be in that place where when trial and tribulation comes knocking at our door, that we don't get depressed. That actually, we consider it pure joy, because it's an opportunity for God to reveal Himself to us and to show Him that He's got our back. Romans eight twenty-eight. It's becoming one of my favourite verses now, because He will turn things around for good, because. We love him. And if that's what he said, then we can be assured that he's going to keep his promise. And I think that, really understanding that, really believing it, will, will give us the peace that Paul was asking for in the parks today. Because the truth was he was asking for peace. Yeah. Because he doesn't understand that he already has it. Yeah. He just needs to trust in God. Yeah. And for most people, that's a totally new idea yeah. to trust God for everything. Well, because in the, in the Western culture, well, you were talking about a West View Academy. Yeah, they, they, they live moment by moment. Yeah, you know, here, we probably live year to year. Or five years to five years, don't we? You know, we we plan ahead. You know, pension, I don't know, whatever it might be. You know, I mean, that's that that must be foreign to people in places like Africa. Yes. You know, idea of saving for a pension. You'd sit down and say <laughs> to a Kenyan, now I want to set to put together a short-term plan, a medium-term plan, and a long-term plan for you financially. Okay. <laughs> Just do the short-term plan. Yeah, yeah, like, like the next hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but when I mean short-term plan, I'm talking about sort of between three and five years. No, 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 I'm talking about this next week. Three or five minutes. <laughs> and uh, the reason I mention that is because we, we're brought up in that culture, aren't we, where A, we have a lot, but, but B, we're taught to think way, way, way ahead. And actually, I don't know that it... I'm slowly learning that this, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, about not casting your cares onto tomorrow. And 
I, I think that's an utterly foreign concept <laughs> to, to most people. It, you know, because your brain, our brains haven't been wired like that. They've been wired to think. Well, actually, what happens if you, I don't know if you ever hear this, but you listen to people, and I'm, I can say to my wife it's true, is that if you ever go through trauma, then generally you resort back to one day at a time. You hear people say, don't you? I'm just going to do one day at a time. I mean, they say it negatively normally. One day, I'm just trying to get through the day. But actually, you, you're doing the Bible if you're doing that. You're doing Bill out of a job, you realise that. Yeah, that's true. Do you, well, obviously, I don't, mean, <laughs> I don't mean what I say. <laughs> no, it's fascinating. And, and, and again, Jesus said, why worry about tomorrow? Today's got enough yeah. worries of its own. Yeah. That, that, that's a bit disconcerting, isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean there? Well, what, what do you say, Jesus? He, he, didn't say, he, he didn't say it meaning it was good or bad. No. He, he, was, he was trying to help, wasn't he? Well, I think also he was saying, you know, if you're going to worry, you know, then worry about today. Don't waste your yeah. time worrying Absolutely. about what might happen tomorrow. Yeah. Well, but, and he was saying it because he was saying that because he was explaining that God was going to look after you tomorrow. Yes, we, exactly. And isn't it interesting? And today, oh, of course, and today. But isn't it interesting? In the um, the Old Testament was types and shadows, wasn't it? Yes. And you know, in the Old Testament, they had manna, which was the bread from heaven that lasted only a day. We talked about it earlier on, didn't we? That's right. And how yes. God said, Good point. "This is just for one day." Good point. But what did they do? Well, they kept they kept it overnight. Not all of them. Some no, some kept it, and, and, and there was only probably one or two. But God didn't like that, did he? <coughs> Um, but but again, because what he was he saying, did warn them, though. he did he say did. to them. Uh, yeah. That's what society's like, isn't it? Like saving into a pension. To yeah. Everything. Really. That's why I cashed my pension in and I spent the money already. Mm. I, I'm not worried about tomorrow. You've got some cows and pigs, don't you? <laughs> yeah. No, we don't have any cows and pigs anymore. We don't even have chickens. So. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think it's it's um, it's a, a an ongoing a, a, a minute by minute. It's a, it is a minute by minute learning to trust God in yes. everything, in every situation, everything. Even and Paul was really clear. Check this out, right? Paul said, "You take every thought captive, yeah. not some." Every single and and he didn't even say take every bad thought captive. He said every thought, the good ones and the bad ones, take them captive. Well, I don't know about you, but that is a that is a moment. You know, that apparently we can't go three seconds without thinking. So I'm told. So that's quite a lengthy process, isn't it? That's all day, every day, isn't it? Yeah. And what's he wanting us to align it with? Yeah, with the word. With Making the word. sure our thinking is in line with the word and our thought processes are in line with the word. But if we're I mean, being blunt, if you're not reading the Bible, yeah, then how can you align your thoughts with the Word? Because you don't know what the Word is, says. You've, you've got to get your nose into the Bible and understand what God, God's way of doing things. Yeah. Haven't you? Yeah. And, and His promises. And, and take those promises for ourselves. We've talked about it, haven't we? How I certainly in the past have read the promises and thought, well that's not for me, that's for somebody else. 
Well, it's, that's, that's a lie. Those promises are for every born-again Christian. Yeah. And I might add, they're not promises for people who haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior. They're only promises for, born, for, for his children yeah. or in his family. Because anybody who's not born again is not in God's family. I have a, a similar conversation with someone in my life who's very important to me, whose name is Jeremiah Nameless, but safe to say she's my wife, um, <laughs> about this about this stuff and, and, and particularly the promises. and I, it, It's very simple. God, God's stuff is very simple, isn't it? You know, we had this conversation about how God favours, tough words for people to get their head around, but favours his children. And then I'm like, and, and me and Sue have like a bit of a debate about it. Yeah, but it's not fair because what about the people who don't believe in him? I'm like, what, so you'd like it? You'd be happy with me to favour their son over there <laughs> over, over, over my son, would you? Are you, oh, you, you, you okay that's with that? brilliant. You yeah. okay with that, are you? <laughs> I bet that hit home, didn't it? Hey? Well, didn't, didn't agree with it, but <laughs> you can't, you've got nowhere to run. I mean, come on, this stuff is that's so simple. That's a good analogy. It's so simple. But this stuff is simple, Jeremy, isn't it? Good analogy. So true. I mean, not. I know these these promises aren't. I was going to say they're not easy to live. They're challenging to live. But he designed them so they're easy and they're available. We have them. But do you know what, though, Jeremy? I don't know if you've experienced this, and I've heard people talk about it before. But I, I have been out been through this, where you actually get. It's people like us who be, actually believe, actually believe in God's promises. That you can suffer from more frustration. <laughs> than those Christians who don't, who don't care. Because, because your expectations go up. I expect to see that guy walk away with no pain. That's true. You know, we expect that, don't yeah, we? Right, rightly, rightly yes. so. And God, yes. and God, if you've got no expectations, you're not going to be disappointed. Well, you, you wouldn't be here, would you? You'd be stood in the park in the rain. You wouldn't be here. So there is an element of frustration there. But it's it's at the same time it's 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 balanced by seeing God do stuff and, and being being aware of that. And as we've pointed out so many times, that we must always be assured that when we minister to people, life is going into them. Good point. And it may not be obvious that any fruit has come from time that we spent but that's a lie there's life gone into into them because it's not common to bump into Christians in the park and they talk to you and offer to pray for you and minister to you it's got to have left some impression on people hasn't it eh? they're not going to forget you are they they're, they're not going to forget you no Jesus said, my words, and remember if Jesus is in us, then our words can and should be his words. He said, my words are spirit and life. Yep. Uh, the words that I speak to in spirit are spirit and life. So, so our words that we speak have that spirit and life behind them. Yes. Now, do we always think, am I thinking that? I'm not always thinking that. No. I'd love to think I was always thinking that, but I'm not always thinking that. But that's what the Bible says, that's what Jesus said. So our words, our spirit and life, whether we like them or not, and they carry power. You were looking for words of knowledge, though, when you were talking to 
The knee was all right, wasn't it? Yep, that was pretty good. And you got the letter right and <laughs> his first name. I, he had told us his name. Oh, had he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't claim that one. God will smite me if I claim that one. No, no, no. no. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> he won't move it. Dear listener, God's not like that. Okay, please understand. <laughs> yeah. I've undone all that good work we've done, Jeremy, over the months. In fact, do you know what? It's because I've got a good relationship with God, and I know He won't do that, but I can say that. Yes. He's probably laughing, actually. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He's laughing with us. So I, it's great. I mean, you think about that, you know. God actually is so thrilled to bits to have a relationship with us. Excellent. And he just loves it, adores it, it's yeah. fun, it's a delight yeah. to him. Yeah. Gosh, that, that's a relatively new experience to me, <laughs> to have a dad yeah. who comes nice. across like that. Wow. Eh? That's beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah, Wonderful. Amazing. And, and he said to me the other day, he said, remember I'm your dad. I know that might sound trivial, and we don't, a lot of people, uh, can twitch when, especially in the Christian realm, when we talk of God as dad. Yes. Or, or daddy or whatever, but. Irreverent. That's irreverent. Yeah, I mean, I think people, people, people prefer father because that it does actually say father in the Bible, not dad. Mm. I don't know the difference particularly, probably there is a difference. But nonetheless, he said to me, Remember, I'm your dad. Which to me is really, really precious because. His image. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that what dad, the term dad, means, and daddy even more so. It's, it's a, a sign of intimacy. Um, it sort of drives home the intimacy of the relationship. That's how I see it. Yes, good point. Yeah, because you wouldn't call your earthly dad father, would you? No. Oh, James isn't called me father. Yes, hey father. Is it partly to do with that that he created you, or rather in your image? Oh, it could be. Well, that's a difference between the two. Father and dad. Well, he, I mean, he is yeah. father, but w- what he's saying yeah. is, I mean, when when that term daddy came up to be to call God daddy, I really struggled with that because I've, I've never called anybody daddy no. in my life, and you know, it was really hard for me to call father daddy. <coughs> now I don't have any problem because I understand that it's it really is a sign. I'm having an intimate relationship with him, and um, and that's what counts as far as I'm concerned. You know, he doesn't, ex- you know, he doesn't, he doesn't expect me to make an appointment to go and see him. Um, his door is always open to me and to you, and that's, a, you know, my my parents, as you already know, I'm sure I've told you, I had to make an appointment see my mum and dad. I couldn't turn up on a mouse. It's a little unusual, I think it's fair to say. Not the model we want to portray <laughs> in our family. I think. So you can therefore understand why it took me a while for me to be able to call father daddy. I shouldn't laugh, should I? It's awful. It's so, it's so awful, it's funny. But the, you see, this is the father that we have. He wants us to change our total understanding of what 
fatherhood really means. And isn't it available? Isn't it amazing that he's available 24-7? Isn't that just amazing that you can call on him at any point, the creator of the universe, and he hears us, and if he hears us, he answers us. That's what the Bible says. That's all right. I mean, that's... And not only that, but of course he's available to everybody. All his children. Yeah, that's true. 24-7. Well, he, 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 Work that one out he's available you. to every person. I was when you said children, you meant Christians. Yes. But he's available to everyone. He is, but unfortunately, non-Christians don't have a relationship with him. No. So, no. they're strangers. Yeah. Whereas we're in his family. I think that's, that's a great place to finish. Thanks for listening and look forward to speaking with you again, sharing stuff with you again soon.